0: Morning, everyone. So good to be back. The story so far. So, so far, we're in Nehemiah. I think I said Ezekiel the one time when I was service leading, but it's actually Nehemiah. So Nehemiah was all about building. So you think of what it takes to build. If you try to dig foundations with this, you're going to be very tired. Um, but it is possible, but it's all about building, about rebuilding after destruction. And we're in the middle of Nehemiah now, where the wall is finished but let 's go back and just remember what happened. A cupbearer to the king said, "Can I go back and rebuild there 's a message in that. Some of you think that you don 't have importance. A cupbearer could rebuild what God needed rebuilt. cupbearer just takes the wine and gives it to the king he 's a little bit important because if he drops dead, then the king won 't drink the wine. so he has a little bit of a Flavor to what he does. But Nehemiah does that. The Jerusalem's destroyed. Everyone's gone into exile. And he hears what God is doing. Because God has a plan. So he makes a plan to get all the way back to Jerusalem. And God blesses him in that. You'll notice some of this stuff even happens before he gets to Jerusalem. He's already got permission to travel. He's already worked out where he's getting wood from. He's already started to get a team together to work with him. God is already preparing the way before he even gets there. He gets to Jerusalem and he sneaks around. If it was modern days, he'd be using a cell phone. He'd be taking pictures of the walls, trying to work out how do you build. And for three days, he's planning how to do things. And he gets resistance. As he kicks in and gets the community involved, he starts to get resistance. Sometimes when you're following what God wants, you get resistance. It's not a problem. It's normal. The enemy is there to try and stop God's plans. But God's plans will prevail, as you mentioned. And I've got your scripture. So God is always there. Building is not for sissies. Um, Michelle and I are busy. Well, if you have to carry a lot of these bricks, I don't know if you've watched God's building, where they're throwing the bricks. Can you imagine doing that in the context of a Jerusalem wall? Throwing bricks. Building's not... An easy job. It takes effort. It's physical. You have to kind of get up, get there, mix the cement, start throwing bricks around. There's physical involvement in making it take place. And the same with our plans. If we have plans or if we're listening to God, there's physical effort to get involved. Sitting back doesn't get you anywhere. You have to get involved. And and it's not easy. Um, If God calls you to something, it can take some work. But you get up and you get involved. And you have the right tools for it. If you build it incorrectly, it can collapse. So it's very important to be hearing what is God doing. Because if you're building according to your plans, things can go wrong. You want to hear God so you can build up correctly. You have a strong foundation, strong walls. Michelle and I are saying we're building in uh, Drummond. We're on slide three now. <laughs> So we're building in Drummond um, a house and we started doing plans probably two or three years before we did foundations. If there's one thing that I feared was that we would draw a plan, go to an architect, start building and then realize it's wrong. And then, I don't know what you do then, you bash a wall down and start again. But you end up wasting effort, wasting money. So it's important to plan. And we spent a good 18 months, two years doing plans and doing plans again and doing plans again without an architect, just like... Trying every possible combination to eventually get to the architect to draw the plans, and it worked. And we've got great plans, and it's taking shape. But planning is important in your lives. Do you plan? Do you do you hear where God's taking you, and how do you plan for that? I often hear from young guys going, "I'm going to be wealthy." Interesting. What's your plan? Are you going to study? Are you going to get a job? Are you going to improve your skills? What are you going to do? What's your plan? And then the next step, have you sat with God and gone, Lord, where do you want me? Because it could go a bit pear-shaped. So plans take building materials. They take funds. Who's paying for this thing? Is it the bank or is it somebody else? Um, Who's the builder? In South Africa, you have to get a builder who's NHBRC certified. Get the wrong builder, you can't sell your house. You have to fix it. Get all the certificates, get it done right. It's it's very involved to get something done. Some scriptures for you just to think about. Proverbs oh I can't read. Proverbs nineteen twenty one. Many plans occupy the mind of man, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Okay. We can have plans, but God God's plans will take place. God's plan for every single one of you as individuals is set. He knows where you're going. He knows the plan for you. Proverbs 15.3 Entrust your work to the Lord and your planning will succeed. Once again, how often do we trust God with our plans? Nehemiah trusted God explicitly in his planning. I just want to show you this picture. Michelle and I went to uh, Jerusalem many years ago. And this is the Golden Gate. That is the wall around Jerusalem. It's 19 meters high. That's about f- six, seven stories high. It's not the wall that Nehemiah built, but it's built on the foundations that Nehemiah built. It is a really big wall. You think about the effort that had to go into building that wall. And in a rush, 52 days get a wall up and running. It's not an easy task. It's not the wall around your house. (laughs) It's not that two-meter wall. It's 19 meters. It's to stop people from getting in with pretty much anything. You can't get in, and it protects the entire city once the gates are up. That golden gate, there's some interesting scriptures around it, but that gate, there you can see the gate is actually closed. It's been bricked off. It was bricked off because there are prophecies about Jesus coming through that gate back to Jerusalem. And the Ottomans didn't like it, so they bricked it off because they thought that would stop Jesus coming in. But the prophecy still stands. Okay? That gate will open, Jesus will come in, however that happens. Um, but the, you can see the size of the gate. It's, it's, just, it's amazing. Um, that gate points towards east. And just behind that gate is the Temple Mount. Okay, we go to the next picture. This is a photo just further inside the wall. This is from the inside now rather than outside. And you can see the brickwork, but you can also see railings on the top there. Just to give you a concept of the width of the wall. It's not a small wall. We actually did a walk. You can walk around the entire city on that wall. You can't get up on the wall on stairs and you walk all the way around and you do like little tours. And you go, go past all the different quarters. So the city is in quarters. The Jewish quarter the muslim quarter the christian quarter and the greek orthodox quarter so you walk around you can see how the landscape changes as you go through those different communities but a thick deep wall that you can walk on not something that's going to get broken easily and that's what nimai had to rebuild or something similar to that next one this is a photo from garden of gethsemane so if you're sitting on the garden of gethsemane you look down towards jerusalem once again you can see the wall And behind it you can see the Dome on the Rock. That's the Temple Mount. Looked after by the Jordanians. um, With the Palestinians on it, looking after the Dome on the Rock. Jews are only allowed on condition that they do not pray. They're not allowed on top of the platform. Otherwise the Wailing Wall is just on the side, and that's where the Jewish people will pray. But see the height of that wall. In front of the wall is tombstones. Um... It's a Muslim burial ground. Once again, a strange story, but they believe that Jesus will not cross burial grounds, so they buried bodies. Um, it's it's an interesting theory, but I don't think that stops God doing what God wants to do. So back to Nehemiah, he's done. Fifty-two days, he's built the wall, and for most of us, when we get to something, we go, "I'm done. We're finished." 52 days, But guess what? We're in the middle of the book. There's more. God always has more. It never finishes. God is always constantly doing things. And if you're in touch with him, you're never done. Some of you might be thinking, I'm done. I've done a good innings. I'm out. No, no, no. Game's not over. This is more than a five-day game. God has always got something more. When he finishes you in one place... He moves you to another place to do something else. He's always moving you around to get stuff done. And so Nehemiah finds himself in that place where he says, 52 days, I'm done. And he's thinking, I've got to go back as a cupbearer. And instead, he becomes governor of the province. Suddenly he ends up in a completely different position to a cupbearer. And now he has a whole bunch of other responsibilities that he needs to deal with. And there's four that start to take place. Firstly, he starts dealing with leadership. He starts realizing I can't run the show. I need to get leaders. He starts to appoint his brother to lead something. He starts to appoint worship teams. Now, in a context of a city, who would think there was a worship team? But for Israel, it's very important worshiping God and loving God. It's all about God is the priority. And so part of it is praying, reading the word, worshipping, because God is the priority, not the city. And so he appoints worship key, worshipers. He appoints gatekeepers. says we need to control these gates so we don't get attacked. So he appoints people to guard that. And he appoints priests, once again, reflecting that there's a spiritual significance here of building walls. It's not just about building walls. It's about getting closer to God and getting God front and center back in Israel. He mentions in the one scripture, he says he had to choose leaders that were men of integrity and feared God. So choosing leaders was quite a tough thing. You've got to find the right people to put them in the place. The other thing he starts doing is he starts wondering about the people, protecting people. Um, And that's why I didn't get Amanda to read it. (laughs) Because most of Nehemiah 7 is this family... 200 that family 150 this family 10 that family 5 (laughs) and we'll end up reading all those numbers but it shows the importance of people he didn't just go okay cool done we get into another thing he was like "No, no no who've we got where are we like people are important and god cares about every single one of us as individuals this building this building could burn down tomorrow the church would not burn down. The church is the people. This is what makes the church. When you meet in a coffee shop with two or three of your friends, that is church. And if this disappeared, church would still happen. There are many countries in the world where you cannot have church. You cannot have a building like this. You have to hide somewhere to pray and read the word. And you probably don't sing because if people hear you, you might get arrested and worse. It's the people that make church. And so we must focus on us as people. How are we looking after each other? And how are we with God and our relationship with God? And when we say take the church or take the kingdom out there, we're taking it to people. And we're reaching those people and bringing them to God. You've got to be careful to guard yourself. If I think of those gates and the guarding of the gates, every single one of us have to guard our hearts, guard our mind, guard your mouth, because those can get us in trouble. And so we we get to guard that. When you read fake news, I've got to be careful now how I say this. If you happen to read some articles on not taking vaccines, okay, Be careful what you're reading. Be careful what people are saying to you and and what you're picking up and hearing. I spoke to a person recently who is freaking out about getting vaccinated because they've been reading the wrong stuff and the fear is there. Or maybe you're saying things that you shouldn't say. We should be saying things that build people up. If you're a journalist writing stuff that builds people up, we tend to not do that. And then guard your heart. Guard how you work with people. I see Paul is there. He's guarding his heart. He's got somebody else's heart in his body. But guard your heart. Look after it. When it's gone, it's gone. In Nehemiah 7, he counts through all the people. All people count. And then the last thing he does, um, he's obviously not... Like, some churches like to talk about money and other churches don't. I'm going to guess Sarepta often doesn't talk about money. But Nehemiah challenges that. Right at the end of Nehemiah 7, he says, We did good work, guys, but who's paying for this? <laughs> and he starts going around and saying, We need to contribute. The priests need to work. The worshippers need to work. We need to deal with the doors, deal with all these various things that are going on. But there's a contribution message in there as well. And if you haven't seen Malachi, Malachi says, tithe. It's the one time in the Bible where God says, test me on this. And I will open up the floodgates of heaven. But it's an important principle, is to give to the kingdom, give to what God is doing. So some takeaways to think about. When you're planning, is God involved in your plan? Galatians 5:25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In step with the Spirit. It's not since we live by the Spirit. Let me do my own thing, and maybe the Spirit will follow. Since we live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. It's that walking together. And how do we get to that in our plans? Walls don't build themselves. I mentioned that. Some of us need to stand up. We need to get involved. And it might not even be here. It might be wherever it is. And sometimes we're tired. I have an answer for that as well. Wings like eagles. Okay? God will refresh you. And maybe you need to just take a break and get close to him so he can refresh you. And then you continue. Continue. God has you in his hands. We must trust that God has us in his hands. As individuals, as a church, as a community, as a country, God is in control. He has us. He's managing us. Not managing, probably the wrong word. But, but he has us in his hands. He's holding us. And we, we trust him explicitly. And Nehemiah is in that place where he's trusting God. So God is doing something. And most importantly, it's not done until it's done. And done is when Jesus comes through that east gate, that golden gate. We're not done yet. There's still work. There's always work to do. Now some of you, I know have maybe been through a rough time recently. Maybe your walls are broken down. Because we can have walls on us as well. And I just think it's important that we pray for that. That we pray not just for restoring a building or a church but for individuals that we pray for individuals because we must be restored our walls need to be rebuilt and we need to get back to being the church and a part of the church can you all stand please Lord Jesus I pray you help us We are imperfect beings, but you are perfect in every way possible. I pray that you be with us. Help us to love each other, to build each other up, to encourage each other. Is there anyone here who needs prayer? You feel your walls are broken down and you want to pray. There's a few people here. Can you just put your hands up? And I'd like everyone around you, try not to break social distancing too much, but if everyone around you could just pray. Somebody there? Can you just get around and just pray for that person? Just put your hand up. Let's pray for each other. Lord, we pray for these guys they need your love they need your protection they've been through a rough time their walls have been bashed they need rebuilding and you Lord are a God of rebuilding you're a Lord of establishing things that we don't even comprehend you love every single one of us and I pray that you would bless all of us who are having challenges Who are feeling a bit torn down. I pray you help us build back up. That we may be used in your kingdom to reach your people. In Jesus name. Amen.